Varmt välkommen! Du lyssnar på en inspelning från internationell författarscen på Kulturhuset Stadsteatern med författaren Umberto Eco i samtal med Johanna Koljonen. Mitt namn är Ingemar Fast. Jag är litteratur- och bibliotekschef i detta stora allkonsthus vid Sägelstorg i Stockholm. Låt samtalet ta sin början. It is wonderful and terrifying to see so many of you here tonight. Uh, terrifying to me, not terrifying to Professor Echo, who is used to this, of course. We are here to talk about this novel primarily, uh, the cemetery, in the Prague Cemetery, Begravningsplatsen i Prague. And I will just very briefly tell of the content of this novel to those of you who haven't had the privilege of reading it yet. This novel follows um, the diary of a man who has uh, forgotten who he is. Ah, some of you may say, I know that. Yes, yes, but it's not the same. The man turns out to be a forger and a spy. He's called Simon Simonini, and he's plagued by a man of the church who keeps coming into his apartment and, and making notations also in the same diary. We follow uh, Simon in his life uh, and uh, realize that he has been at the edges of many historical events, ranging from um, Garibaldi's invasion, uh, invasion of Sicily to the Dreyfus affair. And at the same time, this uh, novel tracks the genesis of an idea uh, of, a, of one of the most notorious um, conspiracy fictions or conspiracy frauds of all time. Um, and I don't think it's a secret to say which one it is, so I will. It is uh, the Protocol of the Elders of Sion. Um, in Swedish, uh, of course, this is known as Sion's Vises Protocol, and it was also published here in Sweden in the 30s as a serious tract. So I would start with a childish question, perhaps, <laughs> but a question... Uh, I mean, it is a question that may be childish to ask about this novel, which is about the social construction of truth. How much is true? Uh, uh, everything. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, everything in this novel is historically true. Because all the characters are real uh, persons that really existed and that said exactly what they say uh, in, my, in my novel. So I, I made only a patchwork uh, of existing of existing things. Uh, so I was a plagiarist, uh, uh, copying texts that were already published. And even I say in the final note that the only invented character is Simonini. But he is invented in the sense that I attribute to him many different deeds that were done by different persons. But everything he does, really happened. So it is a summary of real uh, crimes or, or forgeries. And in this sense, uh, Simonini is more true than uh, all the other characters, because my uh, persuasion in writing the book was to, to look around, because I'm convinced that Simonini is always among us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I could uh, I could uh, quote uh, certain 
persons of our time that are real Simoninis. <laughs> History forgers of different kind. History forgers uh, and uh, yes, uh, secret agents. Uh, and uh, if you read all the WikiLeaks uh, texts, you see that they are produced by partly by Simonini. Uh, I was very happy because my book was published twenty days before the blowing up of the WikiLeaks uh, case. Then. One thing that I was saying in the book, it was a, an idea of Simonini, when you prepare a, a dossier, documents for secret service, don't tell anything new. Mm -hmm. Tell them what has already been published. Otherwise, they wouldn't, they wouldn't believe it. If you read all the papers, the WikiLeaks papers, for instance, sent by American embassy to, to Hillary Clinton, they repeat exactly what was published on Newsweek the, 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 the week before. Mm. <laughs> so but I, at the same time, it offers a fantastic platform to, to put in things that are completely fictional and make them contextually true. And that also happens in this novel. Yes, because... Uh, an objection I received is, uh, but uh, if you tell that everything is false, uh, uh, therefore there is no truth. That is uh, absolutely stupid. Because in order to say that something is false, you have to believe that something is true. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you couldn't decide that something is, uh, uh, is, uh, is false. So there is a fundamental truth in my novel. There's some fundamental truth is that everything I, I narrate was true. It happened. it happened. So I, 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 I tell a story of fakes, but it is absolutely true that those fakes were produced and they were lies. <laughs> you, you tell this story in, in three voices, and at least one of these voices, the dominant voice, uh, Simonini's voice, uh, his own voice, is very difficult, I think, to read. And in some, in some ways, this is a novel of ideas in the, in the 19th century way. It's also an adventure novel, so it's very exciting, but it is absolutely torturous to read. I found it very, very hard work, because all of these lies about... This is the most anti-Semitic book any of you are likely to read, unless you go and read the actual... Uh, protocols themselves, except, of course, that that is not the message of this book. That is just the word that, that Simonini's, his worldview is very anti-Semitic. And I found it so difficult because normally when I read a book, I want to accept the premise. No, on the contrary, you, 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 have, you have to be repelled, uh, pushed away. Hey, okay, okay. But it makes it a little difficult to, to keep turning the page and go, oh, I don't like this man. I don't like his opinions. I have to know what happens, you know. No, no, I did my best uh, to render Simonini a repugnant uh, character, uh, obviously. No, I am always telling the story that when my wife uh, read uh, the book once finished, because I never give my novels to read uh, to, uh, to anybody before finishing them, she said, oh, now I understand why in the last two years you were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you were identified yourself uh, with, uh, with Simonini. Yes, I, it was the first time I tried to, to, to tell an entire story in which the, the, the protagonist was really an unacceptable uh, person. But, you know, there are various ways to educate your reader. <laughs> when I wrote the Foucault's Pendulum, somebody asked me, what do you like the reader 
how the reader should react after reading your book. I, I said, I, I hope he or she would like to jump over the window. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, to, 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 to understand that life is not so, so beautiful. No. I am not Barbara Cartland. I have not to, to, to tell I, I'm almost that, certain that, 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 that no, nobody <laughs> would make that, that mistake, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, you work with your novels for a long, long time. You live with the research, sometimes for years before starting to write. What was that process like for you, uh, immersing yourself in this hateful material? Yes, it was... No, it was... I, I cannot say it was disgusting, because uh, even, even artists... Uh, uh, designs an horrible animal, uh, he feels pleasure in, in, in representing an horrible animal. So even, even the, 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 the idea of producing a disgusting character is a very, is a very pleasant experience for, uh, for a writer. But it is true that for five years I had to put my hands uh, uh, really on a lot of shit. <laughs> so. If in the Swedish edition... But with the yes. spirit of a chemist. Uh, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the Swedish edition of, of Turning Back the Clock, uh, which uh, was called... And we just looked at it, I think Kreftgång in Swedish. At the end, there are some texts uh, that are about uh, the protocols. But, but perhaps we could just present to those who are not familiar with this text, what, are the, what is the protocol of the Elders of Zion and why is it still relevant over a hundred years later? Uh, that, if you want, is the, the scandal of the mystery that encouraged me to, to, to write the story. Uh, because the, the, the human history is full of, of fakes and forgeries. Uh, the last one were the CIA papers demonstrating that Saddam was producing atomic bombs. It was untrue, but uh, yeah. it helped to, 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 to make a war. So we are always... Uh, um, but now we know that the pa CIA papers were false. It has been told every Everybody has accepted the idea. Uh, there were great uh, forgeries like the donation of the Emperor Constantine, and we know that it was a fake. Okay. But the, the story of the protocols is that in published uh, definitely in Russia at the beginning of the 20th century, uh, 1905, in the 21, the London Times discovered that uh, they should have been a fake because they were uh, partly or entirely copied by another book which was not about the Jews but about Napoleon III. So it was clear that it was a concoction. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, that was the first discovery, uh, but uh, they were made up not only with um, that uh, book of uh, Maurice Joly, but uh, pieces of uh, Roman Feuilleton, a lot of other things. Uh, they, they, they are like a Frankenstein monster make up with uh, different pieces of corpses. But when the, the, in any case, when the, the, the times proved that they were uh, false, and there was also a process in Geneva, from that moment they were believed more and more. And Hitler in Mein Kampf is quoting them as a true uh, document. And, and, uh, and the Nazi machinery certainly uh, saw this as literal truth. And they are still published and republished. 
Eh? Not only they are in public libraries and in every bookstore in the Arab countries, this is understandable because there is an anti-Israeli uh, reason, eh? but uh, here you, you go in every specialized uh, bookstore, those who, who sell um, Templars, um, Graal, things like that, you, you find, uh, you find the, 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 the protocols. My um, German translator had to find a, a, a German version of the protocols too, since I was quoting part of them, so he wanted, and he, he didn't find them because in Germany it is forbidden to publish either the protocols and, and, or, and uh, my Mein Kampf, mm. which is stupid according to me, they should be published with footnotes and so on. But it was enough. He pushed bo a button on, uh, on the computer and the internet was full of German translations of, of the protocol. So they are still uh, circulating and every young person can find them and taking them uh, seriously. I, I, think, uh, I think I was educated by this novel because of course I had heard the name of the protocols of, um, of the elders of Zion uh, before, but I hadn't realized. I think when, when you go to school and you are being told about the world wars, one of the things that you are told is there is historical anti-Semitism in, in Europe for centuries, and then the Nazis come, around, come up and they pick this up and they are crazy and they, they uh, multiply this. Um, exponentially, and then they try to kill everybody. But that is too simple. Uh, of course, there had been an ideological, an, ide an ideological landscape where, where this kind of intellectual anti-Semitism had a very clear place. And I think one of the most outrageous things when I went and Googled a little after reading this book uh, is that, that there was, uh, well, for instance, Henry Ford published or a half a million print run for, of this book in the United States. But, but also that, that there was already an idea since the 19th century of a final solution. Um, I think that I have always believed that, that the people who write hateful things, like the Protocol of the Elders of Zion, do so naively. They are naively bigoted. But your novel makes the case that this is an industry of hate, and it is written that this text was written with the very purpose to ultimately bring about the genocide. Yes, absolutely. Or probably those who produced the first versions of the protocols were not thinking of the genocide. It is a malicious. A malicious solution of mine. I make somebody to speak of the final solution mm -hmm. because uh, even though probably at that time it was, uh, it was not very clear that the, the final end of the story would have been that because there was not a Hitler about that. Uh, but every kind, of, uh, not only of anti-Semitism, of racism, presuppose a sick mind. Mm. My Simonini is a sick mind. He is unable to have sex, is uh, unable to have um, human affection. Uh, you have a sick mind. Sometimes mm, the product of a sick mind can be uh, politically useful in certain moments. It's not by chance that the protocols were finally produced uh, in Russia because it was a political problem to, 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 to 
keep under control the, the, all the Jewish uh, uh, community. Etc. So there is a sort of mixture uh, between uh, political problems and, uh, uh, and the contribution of the sick minds. Political problems, because in uh, collecting all the material for my story, I came across, uh, I must confess, I didn't know it before, the uh, texts of uh, socialist anti-Semitism. Because at that moment, uh, for certain socialist movements, uh, it was clear the identification of Jews and capitalists. And for Toussaint who was one of the authors of the, the, this kind of literature, there was an identification between Jews, capitalists, and Englishmen, <laughs> since he was a French, so he had the penchant. <laughs> so you, you, you had the, there is a marvelous book that explains very well all these very complicated processes, the, the book of Anna Arendt, on the origins of uh, totalitarianism. She explained very well, first of all, a, a, a story that must be clear. There was a, a turn in anti-Semitism with the French Revolution. Before the anti-Semitism was a theological matter. They killed Jesus Christ, okay. But they were poor people. They lived in the in the ghettos. Sometimes it was useful to make a pogrom to 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 kill some of them to 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 steal the, the, the gold the gold they had. But finished. They nobody believed that the the Jews wanted to conquer the world. That, that they couldn't do that. With the French Revolution, there is the emancipation. They enter the bourgeois society. So it's no more the fiddler on the roof, but it is Rothschild. Uh, they enter the army. The, the Dreyfus mm -hmm. case is that. The, uh, the impossibility to accept the idea that Jews become uh, office officers of the army. All the, in, the, in, the, in the Dreyfus case, uh, if you read uh, La Libre Parole, which was the, 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 the journal, the, the magazine of Trumont, which is one of my characters, that was the scandal. They couldn't accept that the army was polluted by, by Jews. And Dreyfus was a poor man who was chosen as, an, as a pretext to, 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 to create a, a case. And they entered also, that's uh, um, Anna Arendt explains it very well, in the literary society. The last case, Proust. At this point, uh, anti-Semitism became no more religious, but uh, political, social, uh, political. It was possible to be a socialist and to be anti-Semite. Anti so it's a, it's a very complicated uh, story. And the intellectual anti-Semitism is introduced here, well, almost in, within, in, in Simonini's grandfather's generation. And that is actually a historical person. There's somebody who wrote one letter. That you can mean be the, said, grandfa the, the grandfather of the yes, character? And that person. They existed. must know that Simonini is called like that because there was a real uh, Simonini. Mm, because when the Abbot Baruel uh, wrote his book, Memoir pour servir à l'histoire du Jacobinisme, he tried to demonstrate that the French Revolution was made by the. Uh, 
people of encyclopedia, the, they go plus the Templar Knights, plus the Freemasons, the same. But when he finished the book, a certain Simonini was allegedly a captain of the, of the Tuscan army, wrote him a letter saying, but you have, you have forgot the, the Jews. They were the real uh, author of the French Revolution. And so the modern antisemitism started with that letter of Simonini, who nobody knows it was real or it was that too a fake produced by probably by Jesuits in mm. Rome. In one of your char the characters, and I think you put these words into the mouth of Jolie, so maybe he said that also. He says, you cannot change the world with ideas. I think that that is blatantly wrong. <laughs> and but until a, a certain point, because uh, I don't think that the protocols have changed the mind of, of people. They were used as a weapon in order to reinforce pre-existing prejudices. But they are also used they as pro uh, proof. They, uh? are, they are also used as proof uh, so that they enforce them. I mean, it becomes a snowball effect. Yes, but if there was not a pre-existing layers of anti-Semitism, the protocols would have, would have not been taken seriously. Mm. Um, one of the most uh, well-known anti-Semitic writers, Nesta Webster, who wrote his book on secret societies, after that the times proved they, they were a forgery, speaking of secret society all over the world, international conspiracy, at the end she couldn't deny that they were probably a fake. But her argument was marvelous. She said, okay, maybe they are a forgery. But since they say exactly what the Jews think, they are true. <laughs> And you let that means to, to reinforce pre-existing pre yes. prejudice. And that is what you let many of your characters do in this novel, which is why it is so slippery to read. I think it's very difficult to protect yourself against this, because the moment they make something up, they start to believe it. All of the characters make these forgeries, uh, and then they immediately start to treat them as literal yeah. truth. Mm. So also they let their own actions be guided by things that Even they have Simonini invented. Even Simonini starts believing every fake he produces, then he believes it. <laughs> I, I think, and I mean now since you have called it a sick mind, I am worried to ask this question. But Simonini is also a kind of novelist. He reads novels of fiction and, and he creates new fictions from them in a novelistic style. Do you recognize yourself in him at all? Something? Do you recognize yourself in Simonini at all? No, you, we, we, we make, make a clear distinction between fiction mm. in the sense of novel uh, and, uh, and lie. Yes. Because in telling lie or making a forgery, you want that people believe that this is the truth. Uh, narrating, making fiction, you pretend to tell the truth and you ask your reader to, to keep part in the game and as Coleridge said, to, to, said that to make a suspension of disbelief mm -hmm. and to play the game in which both pretend to take it serious, but you know it is not serious. You, you can participate with uh, weeping 
to the story of Little Red Riding Hood, oh, the poor girl has been devoured by the wolf. But you know, it isn't true that she did that doesn't exist. Why, when you lie, you want people to believe that what you say is true. So, uh, fiction is a very is a, is a very civilized way of lying with the complicity of your readers. Oh, but you lie very close to the truth. Huh? With, with this book, which is true, you your lying is very advanced, very close to the truth. This is a particular book, yes, <laughs> uh, because no, no, it, it, it's true because uh, when you. Mm, when you narrate an, an you make an historical novel, uh, you introduce uh, fictive characters, and your readers should know that they didn't exist, but you want that the people understand that the, the general landscape, on the contrary, is true. Um, let's take, in order to, to cite uh, some important writer, uh, the name of the Rose. Um, my readers know that uh, William of Baskerville, uh, Azzo for Melk um, do not exist. But they are encouraged to think that the general picture I made of a medieval monastery, of the, the fight between the emperor and the pope, they are, they are true. So uh, the, the, the fiction plays a, a, double, a double role. In this novel, probably everything wants to be, uh, wants to be true. Uh, uh, except the fact that uh, the, 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 the antiquarian shop of Simonini exists uh, in that uh, street uh, or not. So the, the things uh, I ask the reader to take, uh, to pretend to, 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 to believe are very little. For the rest, I want they take it seriously. Yes, uh, it's a new, uh, I promise it's the first and the last time I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> I, th I think it's interesting, though, that you have written two novels which are about the dangers of inventing conspiracies. Because this book, just as, as Foucault's Pendulum, they are both about people who invent, um, who invent conspiracies and start to take them literally, and it has bad consequences. So are you also, I mean, it, you keep returning to this topic. Do you, have you thought yes, about why? Yes, that, that's true. Uh, Everybody has a particular passion. There are people who narrate only about sex. Okay, that's a, it's a very serious uh, enterprise. Uh, <laughs> others narrate about crime or love. I, I, I am really interested by, by the, the paranoia of conspiracy because I see it around me continuously. Uh, since I am a, a skeptical person, I belong to, to, the, to the skeptical association of the scientific inquiry, all that, that try mm. to demonstrate that there are no, uh, no unidentified flying objects or, or circle uh, in, in the fields. Uh, well, I am always irritated when I see people always obsessed by mythologies. Mm. Uh, and so I, I, I tell about, about that. Uh, there are, there are people, I repeat, that um, my friend Moravia told about sex, uh, all his novels. Uh, I am unable to... to, to I, I, I ranking with uh, the great author of the Italian 19th century, Manzoni, who says, no, I cannot put sex in my books because there is so much sex around in the world <laughs> that <laughs> it is useless to put it in a novel. 
but it's useful to put conspiracies in novels. And uh, I, I think, I have a theory about your writing. What if you, you return to the topic of conspiracy because the creation of conspiracy is uh, a picture of bad science. As you said, it's the opposite of academic research. You take all the evidence and you make it believe, you make it mean what you want it to mean, not what it actually means. You, it's science without the criticism. And then it becomes fiction. And your writing is constantly on these borders, of course. I mean, most of your output is non-fiction. Uh, no, you suggested to me in this moment a, a, a reason why I am so uh, uh, sensitive about all the, the, the conspiracy theories uh, or as it happened in the Foucault's pendulum against all the occult. Mm -hmm. Because I am a scholar, a scholar. And as a scholar, uh, I know that every scholar, be it a, a chemist, a physician, physicist, uh, or a phil philologist, we have to control our assertion and to control the logical steps between one assertion and the other. If you read uh, um, all these occult uh, material, you see that every assertion comes by itself. There is no logical connection. And since all along my life I've been being fascinated by stupidity, uh, I'm not interested in genius, okay? Einstein was a genius, <laughs> but the stupids, because they are the majority. And in all the, 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 the occult, conspirational material, there is the, the, the logical structure of stupidity. Mm -hmm. In the in the Foucault's pendulum, I make at a certain point uh, Jacopo Belbo to talk with Casobon apropos of the division of mankind in uh, uh, idiot, imbecile, uh, or fool, and uh, stupid. Uh, the idiot is completely, is the one who eats the, the ice cream, putting it on, the, <laughs> on his uh, forehead. Okay, they don't interest you. Uh, the fool of imbecile in a, is the one who makes uh, blunders, who says the, the wrong thing at the wrong moment. Uh, the stupid is the one who makes always a, a, a wrong syllogism. Mm. Uh, all the people of uh, uh, Pireo uh, is... Uh, well, let me... Or, 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 or cats uh, are uh, uh, animal, or uh, dogs are animal. Therefore, all dogs are cats. <laughs> there is something wrong. Yes. Eh? You immediately that. But sometimes the stupid uh, reasoning is more more complicated. You have to control it many times. You 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 feel that there is some stupidity, but it's not easy to. To find it uh, immediately, mm. or all the material uh, you you find in this. Uh, in this uh, section, or the, I am a collector of, of rare books on occultism, chemistry. They are all stupid, <laughs> all based on, on, on wrong, on wrong syllogisms, and so it's a scandal for me, and I want to to, to denounce. <laughs> I, I understand, but I do have to ask: 
Is there also a sense of a carnival for you to like immerse yourself in this stupidity and think, speak with the voice of the stupid? Do you enjoy it secretly a little? Probably I am stupid uh, fundamentally, <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel at home there. <laughs> no, you know there, there is uh, there is people who are, who like to stu stu to study only snakes. Uh, there is one of the most important scholars uh, who studied uh, snakes. He has the face of a serpent. <laughs> oh my God. But, uh, I don't know if he started studying snakes because he had the, first, uh, the face of a serpent or the face grew up slowly <laughs> in the sense in which when two persons marry each other step by step at the end, they have the, the, the same face. I don't know. Uh, but... Uh, so I, I was always uh, fascinated by, by that. And, uh, and I, I feel a, a sort of moral duty to explain uh, that there is stupidity somewhere. Yes. It strikes me now that um, Arthur Conan Doyle, who created, of course, Sherlock Holmes, he gave us the foremost literary champion of logical thought. But then he went and started to believe in fairies. Is there any threat that you will start to believe in conspiracy? What? Apropos of Conan Doyle? No, I, I missed the point. <laughs> oh, sorry. Conan Doyle, he gave us Sherlock Holmes, who yeah. is a rational thinker. But later in his life, he started, Conan Doyle started to believe in fairies and to believe in the supernatural. Uh, so I worry now about you. Do you think yeah. you will go the way of Conan no, Doyle? No, no, no. I, I am a real skeptical. Good, uh, good. Uh, Conan Doyle, that's true. He, he was uh, telling about the, the lucid mind of Sherlock Holmes, and then in the evening he went to, to, to make the tables uh, dance. Uh, it was a spiritist. Uh, that was typical of many uh, positivists of the last century. They spent a public life in, in supporting science against every kind of uh, superstition. Uh, and then in the night, they I met many scientists that secretly uh, cultivated uh, occult uh, science. It's a sort of, of reaction uh, to, to, to an excess of uh, rationalism. It happened. Uh, no, I, I am the most... Uh, the most impermeable people to every kind of super superstition. I like black cats traversing the, the road. <laughs> I would like to ask now a little bit about memory, because this book uh, is about a person um, recovering his memory. And, and so, of course, was also the mystical fire of Queen Loana, the previous novel, which in which a person um, goes home and finds his memory in some ways. In some mm. ways he does not find it, but in some ways he does find it through uh, printed matter, through books and the magazines and the albums of his youth. He can re um, reconstruct the history that he has lived through and some little elements of his own participation. Uh, I think that it's a beautiful book and I think it's a beautiful uh, topic as well, uh, and I wonder if you could... It was the less, su less successful of my 
books because really? it was the easier one to read. So it means <laughs> that my, my audience wants only difficult books. <laughs> Loana was too easy. <laughs> but it was also physically beautiful, I think. <laughs> that, that also helps. But, but is it memory seems to be something that you are concerned yes, with. Yes, memory has always interested me. And uh, as a collector of uh, ancient books, I collect a complete, uh, I have a quasi-complete quasi uh, collection of uh, mnemotechnics, all the books on memory, mm -hmm. yes. And memory interests me because uh, I am convinced that uh, memory is soul. If you lose your memory, you have no more soul. Memory is fundamental also to go to paradise or to hell, because the hell is interesting if when suffering you remember of the sins you have committed. Mm -hmm. If you don't remember anything, you, you are like a fly uh, to, to which for the eternity you, you, you take the wings. Uh, that is, that is, and even in the paradise, I think that uh, you, you need your memory to compare it with the memory of God, and, and mm -hmm. this is sort of conversation. If you lose your memory, you, you are a, an animal, uh, maybe less than an animal, because animals have a sort of, of memory. So, and um, it's, it's very important for an old man to control continuously the, the functioning of his own memory. I am pretty proud to have a good memory, but I am discovering the, the, the strange uh, mnemonical maneuver by which getting older, you remember a lot of things of your childhood. Uh, probably at the moment of dying, you will remember everything. I am waiting for that marvelous uh, <laughs> moment. And, but you, you lose uh, some of the immediate uh, memory. You go in the, in the other room to pick up something, and when you has arrived there, you have forgot what you were looking for. Uh, and then memory is an important, uh, uh, is an important part of, 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 human, of human life. But I would say it's a mere accident why the two books are about memory. Because the first one was exactly about memory. I also said, sent the first chapter to a friend of mine who is working on brain, uh, the, uh, the MIT, to, to be sure that there were those phenomena of uh, losing the personal memory and keeping the cultural memory and so on and so forth. With this book, it was um, an accident, you know. I try always to introduce in my novels some constraints. Uh, art is based upon constraints. Rhyme is a constraint. To use oil instead of another uh, is a constraint. In, I make you an example. I wanted that my Badolino started with the siege of Constantinople. Why? Because I have had never been in Constantinople, so I wanted to go there. And I, need, I, I needed a reason, a pretext, so I went to Constantinople, I explored Constantinople. But it was very difficult to, to start with the siege of Constantinople. Now it's very complicated to explain, explain you why, but Baudolino was born uh, in the, the middle, before the middle, uh, in the 30s of the 12th century, and the, and, and the Constantinople siege is the beginning of the, of the 13th century. So I didn't know how to, 
to, to fill up uh, a lot of empty uh, years. But at the end, that helped me to invent a given story because I wanted to, to visit Constantinople. With that book, I wanted my character to go uh, to the school of Charcot, mm. uh, the Salpetriere. Why? Like that. I wanted to do that. Interesting, crazy people. Interesting. Mm. So I uh, studied uh, all what happened with, with Charcot. That's why I introduced uh, Freud, because Freud was visiting Charcot at that uh, moment, uh, and so on and so forth. And uh, uh, Charcot himself was studying hysteria. He was the first to suppose that hysteria was not only a, a female uh, sickness, but also a male sickness, because the name uh, hysteria comes from uterus. Yes, uh, so the first idea that only, only women were hysterical. Uh, and there were many other uh, students, uh, people, scholars, studying the split personality. And uh, there was the uh, famous analysis of a certain woman called the Felida, who had two life, and I attributed to, to all the things of Felida to Diane uh, mm. At that point, uh, it was, I don't know whether indispensable, but very encouraging to decide that even my character, being a forger, had a, a split personality, and so I was obliged to invent uh, La Piccola and so on and so forth, only because I wanted him to visit Chaco. If not, uh, the story would have been another one. Yes. <laughs> so there is a lot of, uh, of uh, hazard, hazard and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I mean that in the story, you put something, this man must be a fisher, okay. After that, he's obliged to do something, thing, something to, to, to go to the river to fish mm -hmm. for, uh, and not to, to, to fly. Uh, so the, the story goes by itself and you stay uh, li like uh, Joyce has said of God after the creation, paring your fingernails and, and you let the story to go on and to decide <laughs> uh, what, what must happen. But, but it so is you are the first reader of your story. Yes, but it is also so that the, co that the idea of memory and the reliability or unreliability of memory is very closely connected to these ideas of truth and historical truth that you have yes, been working so on. It's sort of personal analogy of, analogy of that. So thematically it seems that there is something, that they do go hand in hand, even though you say it's coincidence. But you... Uh, have mentioned uh, uh, truth, you know, uh, I am professionally a philosopher, and even though uh, the Pope says that contemporary philosophers don't believe any longer in truth, uh, this is false. Uh, <laughs> 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 and this is false, the problem of truth, it cannot be naive uh, in the sense that uh, we know exactly what is the case that finished. Truth is a matter of interpretation, but we, we must believe in truth, otherwise uh, it, uh, that's why I am so interested in, in fakes. <laughs> you know, there are two, the two yes. aspects. Uh, uh, well, as somebody who works in the mass media, which I do, I, I couldn't help noticing that the perpetuation of lies in this novel is very depending on, on mass media. 
the newspapers and scandal papers already exist in the 19th century. And I started to think that we who do media criticism and who engage with these things, we often presuppose that there is some kind of earlier golden age when the media reported the truth. And now the media have gone down and the media no longer report the truth. So I ask you, as an expert, has the media ever reported the truth? I don't think so. Mm. I, I, I don't think so. I mean that uh, hoaxes uh, and, uh, and the invention always uh, existed from, from the invention of the Gazette uh, in the uh, 18th century. And uh, so the, the media are they are a mixed uh, product in which you, you can find the real news and you, you can find the, 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 the falsities and in order to, to, to cheat people. So media are not a category in itself. Uh, there are various kinds of media. Uh, I think that Pravda didn't, didn't tell the truth. <laughs> so you see that... Uh, 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 there was a, media, a medium that was specialized in, in, in telling what is uh, for, a, for a small sum, for a few euros, I can quote some uh, Italian newspaper that do not tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you could just tell us for free. <laughs> we promise not to tell anybody. It's just us and the internet here. So media, uh, a mixture of... of of everything, mm -hmm. also, 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 what uh, in Italy we are adoring the so-called uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, notion of news uh, to separate uh, opinions from uh, facts. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you look at the New York Times, the opinions are in a given page, and the the rest looks as a report as a report of facts. But what happens when reporting a facts in order to look very objective, uh, they uh, question two persons, one who's, who says uh, A and the other who says B. But why they did choose those persons and not others? That's already an interpretation. It's not mm -hmm. reporting facts. So, it's very difficult to, to believe that uh, there is a newspaper that reports only, only facts. But how do we go about hmm? being, how do we go about being good citizens when the media is unreliable and we cannot go and see everything for ourselves? You what do we do? You have to read the three newspapers every morning, so you make a comparison. That is a good citizen. Is that what you do? Eh? Do you read three newspapers? Yes, at least. Otherwise, you don't know uh, who mm. is right. Mm. It, it's like uh, with internet. If you look for some t a date in Wikipedia, you find the date. You cannot swear the date is true. You visit other two sites on the same subject. If all the three same the same date, and it is clear that one of them is not translating from Wikipedia, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> it doesn't work, more or less you are sure that the date uh, is to that uh, culture. Mm -hmm. Confrontation, comparison. 
The rest is a superstition. That's why what we try to teach our students about. Yeah, I was going to ask, everybody says we have to teach media criticism in schools. Can it be taught? Hmm? Can, can media criticism be taught to children? Yes, I, I think so. I want one of those who, who, who encourage the, the use of newspapers in the, in the school to, to, but once again, to educate uh, young people to, to, to read a newspaper means to educate them to read at least two newspapers, mm. to, to make a confrontation, to see how the same event can be seen from two opposite uh, points of view. There are many publications for, for teachers to how to use uh, uh, newspapers in, in the school. I, I believe in it now, but now we have another problem is how to educate to filter uh, internet information. Mm. Because, because with, um, with newspapers, you, you know more or less this is a rightist or leftist newspaper, uh, and so y you can measure. Uh, but internet, uh, even if you are a very cultivated person, you can check and filter the information in your specific, specific field. But in other field, you, you don't know which site is reliable and which is not. So if I check on philosophy of languages, let's say, or medieval philosophy, okay, I, I understand, I realize if a site is reliable or not. But if I have to check on chemistry, mm. so imagine young people, my, my, my grandchild now 11 is, is surfing all, all the day, they are, unprotected, and there is no uh, filtering practice, no filtering theory, because it should be taught in the school, but uh, in the schools, but there is no teacher mm. able to teach uh, the filtering practice. There is only a way uh, in, in the sense in which uh, the young, uh, the, 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 the young artist went to the atelier of the old artist and looked how he worked and they step by step learned something. So young people should be staying all the day with a more prudent teacher, exploring internet and to see how the teacher say, ah, no, I don't trust him. So a long, long and time consuming practice, but it's a real, tragic problem of, uh, of our time, how to fil filter information. Well, now you seem to suggest that perhaps it is a role for intellectuals, for instance, to teach critical thinking in the public sphere. And you have written in an essay about Norberto Bobbio, which is also in, in, in uh, Turning Back the Clock, and, or you quote from Norbert In Bobbio. the Swedish edition. Yes. Uh, yes. Because and they eliminate it in the American edition, saying, but nobody knows Norbert Bobby. I, di I didn't either, I have to confess, although now I am a huge fan. And in the 50s, I think he wrote uh, that the, per the, the task of Kulturpersoner is the Swedish translator, people who work with culture, their task is to sow doubt, not to reap certainty. And I always thought, and this just shows how young I am, I always thought that academia left certainty only in the 80s when postmodernism started. But certainly, there, clearly there have been thinkers before, like Bobbio, who say, well, we shouldn't be about certainty, we should be about doubt. 
But if intellectuals go around dispersing doubt, <laughs> or, or, or spreading doubt, rather, who will stand for certainty? Where will truth come from? Listen, uh, you, if you are a good teacher, you, you have the, 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 the task of educated people to, to doubt. But it doesn't mean that you have not to, to communicate also what is considered a definite truth. Two plus two makes four. Okay, you know that the difference between the neurotic, the mad, and the normal person. The normal person believes that two plus two makes four. The mad person believes that two plus two uh, makes five. The neurotic knows that two plus two make four, but he's so upset because... <laughs> 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 okay, that was a joke. Uh, 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 well, uh, Paris is the capital of France. And you have to teach also that. Uh, there are a lot of, of things that... Uh, but, but those are natural, eh? sciences, natural sciences. But what do we do outside the natural sciences? But look, they have just discovered that maybe neutrinos uh, uh, travel uh, at a, a higher speed than, than light. That is a way to, to, to produce a doubt. Mm -hmm. Science goes... Uh, science proceeds by falsification, not only by, by proofs. It's, it's, a con it's a continuous is a continuous uh, oscillation because what can be proved and what can be or must be casted in doubt, that's science. Mm -hmm. So when Bobbio said that he, he was a political scientist and a, and a philosopher, so he was not concerned with the fact, with the distance between the earth and the sun and so and so, and on, on human, human, uh, humanistic affairs, it was more important to, 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 to produce doubts than, than, than truth, because uh, it's, it's uh, less evident what the truth is in political science. Yeah. So, but it has to be understood in, in the way he, he spoke. Then. Okay. But I, I, I think for me this is a serious question because we live in a world which is capitalist or even hyper-capitalist and we have, many of our governments are dominated by a sort of, I don't know, neoconservative or maybe anti-intellectual even idea that there is truth which comes from the natural sciences and truth is productive and it can be measured and it will make you money down the line. And then you have everything else. And in everything else, which is not useful, there is culture and there is also the humanities. And I think for you, who's I have to ask you, because your, your whole career, your academic career and your n career as a novelist, has been such a celebration of the value of the humanities. How do we respond when people tell us culture is not important, humanities it's not important? How do we well, say humanities also work with truth? It's the typical uh, anti-intellectualism uh, which dominates a lot in the United States more than, than here. Uh, I, I have received a 500 pages book of a friend of mine, an American, who is speaking, is really uh, American anti-philosophical country and he tries to demonstrate that not. Uh, but there is the common uh, idea that uh, 
Yes, uh, uh, not only the, 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 the American politicians, um, there was an Italian minister that uh, it seems that um, recently in a, in a meeting, uh, probably to please uh, his audience, said, we, we don't read books. And he was lying uh, because he, he had uh, a university degree, so he had to read it at a book in order to copy it to make his doctoral <laughs> uh, uh, thesis. <laughs> and our premier said, uh, it's 20 years uh, I don't read a novel, which is evident from the, 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 the way he tells jokes. <laughs> uh, right. Okay, uh, but so there is always in the political milieu forms of anti-intellectualism. Okay, you have to... to to prove that uh, knowledge is productive, but the, the argument I always uh, use is that uh, if Bush read books, uh, he could have discovered that no uh, country uh, succeeded in conquering the, the Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. The English were, de 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 were defeated, the Russians were defeated, Alexander the Great was defeated, so there is something in this country, the structure of the mountains, uh, that makes that uh, with a modern army you cannot, you cannot win. And it was enough if Bush picked up the telephone and called the professor of Harvard University mm -hmm. uh, to, to suggest to him the, the right. He didn't do that, okay. Uh, while uh, um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, was an intellectual, uh, before starting the war with the Japan, asked the the greatest uh, anthropologist uh, living in America at the time, Ruth Benedict, to, to write an enormous report on Japanese culture that then became a book, uh, The Chrysanthemum and the Zord. And it seems that since even generals were invited to read it, that uh, made them to decide not to throw the atomic boom on Kyoto. Otherwise, they would have done so. Because they understood that in doing that in Kyoto, it was like to throw an atomic bomb on the Vatican uh, City, you know, to, 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 to destroy every possible relationship with the Japanese. Uh, so, it was possible to be a politician and to have the sense of, of culture. But uh, the, the it's easier to, to, to to pretend that uh, there is only the elementary truth of natural science, which is false because s real scientists are always ready to, 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 to doubt uh, of, mm. of the result. But it is the same uh, uh, um, ideology of advertising. Oh, sorry? The, uh, of advertising. Mm, of advertising. Advertising says tide uh, washes uh, better than that's true. You cannot discuss it. That's, uh, if you cast in doubt uh, the, the, the assertion of advertising, the market uh, is completely uh, destroyed. So it is that elementary uh, notion of objectivity which dominates in, the, in the, the business domain. But at a certain moment, uh, you are defeated by, by reality, which is more intellectual than people. Than people. <laughs> Uh, I wonder, are you, uh, do you consider yourself an apocalyptic writer? Because in, in many of your novels, in one way or the other, 
the world is about to end or something awful is about to happen. And I thought, am I reading this into these books? Or do they say something about our time or about you? Or perhaps is it just that humanity always thinks that the world is about to end? But you know, uh, I, I wrote once in 64 a book called Apocalyptici Integrati and I called apocalyptic all the, the anti-mass media prophets saying that the world is and so and uh, at the time uh, I was very, very critical uh, towards those uh, prophet, uh, prophets of disgraces. Uh, growing older, I am getting a little more pessimistic. Uh, and uh, while well, you say that maybe my, my books uh, have this uh, shade of uh, apocalypticism, but uh, there is something that uh, saves me for being totally apocalyptic. I write the books <laughs> instead of waiting for the end of the world. <laughs> now we're back with Norberto Bobbio, uh, no? Stanislav Letts, a great man, uh, in one of his uh, aphorisms says, don't expect too much from the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Still, we look at the news today, and it doesn't look very promising for Europe. I mean, for the European Union, it feels a little apocalyptic. For the economy, it feels a little apocalyptic. And even for some nation states, uh, it seems that nations are now smaller than companies. A state is smaller than many companies, and states can go bankrupt. Uh, easier than, than perhaps We are in banks. a bad moment. Uh, you know. Yes, yeah. okay. But it is three months that I try not to meet my banker in order to still believe that they are all lies told by the newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> in this sense, I am not apocalyptic. I am an optimist. Mm. Yes. And I know that uh, money is the shit of the devil. Mm -mm. I, um, I, w I still would ask, what, do you believe that the nation state is getting stronger or weaker? Because nationalism is, of course, surging all over Europe. Yes, until recently, I was believing that there was a decline of uh, modern nations, in the sense that they were born at the beginning of the millennium. Uh, they were absolutely interesting for the development of the states. Uh, but now, since it was easier to establish uh, a virtual contact between Barcelona and Warsaw, uh, uh, that we are, I was convinced that we were going toward uh, a sort of an archipelago mm. of regions uh, and city, and that the, the national state will, will step by step decline. But in the last years, it seems that uh, Probably the national egoism is already very, very strong. What happened in Libya with all the European states trying to do each uh, their, their own job uh, in order to, to pick up the, the oil. Uh, it seems that there is a new insurgency of the national uh, uh, pride, mm -hmm. which is pretty discouraging for, for me.
I would like to read a quote from the novel. Uh, I will read it in Swedish and I'll summarize in English. Uh, the quote is um, the, the Rachkovsky from the Russian um, um, secret police says, says like this. Patriotismen är brottslingens sista tillflykt. Den som inte har moraliska principer brukar svepa sig i en flagga och bastarder stödjer sig alltid på den egna rasens renhet. Den nationella identiteten är den lottlösas sista resurs. Well, essentially the final sentence says it all. National identity is the last resource of those who have nothing. Do you believe that is true? Uh, No, I, I, I believe that there is a lot of people thinking like that. Uh, and mm -hmm. I have to confess that Rachkovsky was a real character, mm -hmm. but since he was a spy, and, and, uh, nobody knows what he exactly thought. Mm -hmm. So the thoughts of Rachkovsky are mine. Uh, mm -hmm. And it seems to me that uh, he reflects uh, current opinion in the political uh, life, even his, uh, his uh, eloge, uh, his appraisal of uh, hatred, which is a f hatred that is a, is a fundamental instrument for a political power to, to keep people united against somebody, somebody else. It is typical of dictatorships, evidently, but uh, even, uh, even of uh, democracy sometimes. Think of the hatred against the, the, the Russian uh, living in America and the hatred against Americans uh, cultivated in Russia. They were important element to, to, to obtain an interesting result, uh, the balance of the mm -hmm. powers and, yeah. the, and the Cold War. But uh, it was based on the on the depiction of the enemy as uh, something terrible, horrible. Uh, and Rachkowski knows this job, and he tells it aloud. But we always like to think that it's getting better. People are getting wiser, we are getting more rational. And then the protocols of the elders of Zion pop up again and as truth. So there seems to be some kind of tension where progress doesn't help. We can't stop yes, stupidity, uh, as you call it. We can't stop the conspiracies. I, th I think that uh, there is a dark side of uh, human soul uh, by which uh, they will always... That, that there is a, a, an interesting sentence attributed to Chesterton because the source is imprecise. Uh, as when people do not believe any longer in God, it doesn't mean that they believe in nothing. They believe in everything. Yes. And uh, so it's typical of the secular mentality. But there are more people now believing in astrology than in the Middle Ages. <laughs> Is that just because there are more people on Earth? Uh, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, there are a lot of people going to Medjugorje to, to look mm -hmm. for, for the Madonna, even though the church has not recognized this apparition. And there are b bosses. There are caravans going to, to there. That's these people. A lot of people are going to Renle Chateau because they read the Da Vinci Code and yes, so on. Yes. We, we had, but also this is a serious question because, of course, we had an act of terrorism in Norway this summer uh, from a terrorist who, who was a conspiracy believer, who, who believes apparently very sincerely in uh, some a huge conspiracy of feminists and Marxists, and I think also Jews, and of course, but it's, in ally it's allied with 
uh, it's primarily it's an anti-Islamic idea that he has. So he believes, for reasons that are very obscure to normal people, that the feminists are allied with the people who want Sharia law and so on. And he proclaimed himself a Knight Templar. So there it is again, it's the, fendulum, it's the Foucault's pendulum. It's the same ideas are being rehashed over and over and over as reasonable truths. And I despair, how do we fight this? Because if we try to be rational, they will say, ah, oh, it's a conspiracy, you are lying. No, but you mentioned terrorism. In Italy, we are out since at least 20 years. Mm. But terrorism reappears here and there. Once uh, I wrote a sort of science fiction story in the period in which there was terrorism in, in, in Italy. I imagined uh, that immediately after the end uh, of the Second World War, the, all the fascists went to Turkey and there was a fascist state in Turkey and all the, the, the Western democracies were in war with uh, Turkey. Uh, and uh, and I mentioned the names of the famous terrorists as hero of the new war, fighting against the fa uh, Turkish fascism. Uh, and, and the Pope saying, ah, this terrible war, imagine if we had uh, 20 years of peace, we would be so happy. If, uh, it means terrorism is a product uh, of a period of peace. Mm. There are pollution of violence in everybody. If you have a good war, you send them to war and you kill most of them. And that is, a, is, a, is a, in this sense, I am, I am favorable to, to parachutism, uh, alpinism, all these people who kill themselves. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, let me stay to, to watch television and you, uh, and you fall down. Okay. But war, uh, they were the futurists to say that the, the, the war was the only uh, hygiene del mondo, hygienic uh, aspect of it. So I, I, wanted to, I wanted to, if there was a continuous war after the end of the second one, uh, there would have been no terrorism mm. because all the Polish, violent pollution would have been uh, uh, oriented in, uh, in another direction. So terrorism, I think, I am sure that, at least for in the in the occidental countries, is a result uh, of uh, peaceful periods. In the Middle East, uh, it is uh, probably also the result of a of a, um, frustration, humiliation, and other and other things. But. Uh, if Norway was in war with, let's say, Sweden, that man would have been a very courageous uh, fighter yes. for the glory of his country. It, there, there's, you, you've written that, that the goal of the terrorists is to um, awaken a fire in the heart of the like-minded. So the terrorists always assume that there are great masses of people who believe the same things as they do. And if those people do not exist, then, then the, the terror will have the opposite effect, which is not revolution, but is upholding of the status quo. And, and there is something, this is like all dogs are cats now, but there is something stupid in the Norwegian 
terrorism, which I can't put my finger on, finger on. But he is a reactionary terrorist. He is, tries to fight change. He tries to prevent multiculturalism and, and things that have already happened. He tries to undo them through terror. And I can't put my finger on why that's stupid, but perhaps you can. No, uh, uh, no you, you have not to believe that all the terrorists is uh, red uh, terrorism. In Italy, we had both. We had the, the red terrorism and the black uh, terrorism. It was pretty, pretty, no, they are two, two, two. The same phenomenon from two, two different points of view. I, I find it uh, very normal, unfortunately. Mm. Here we are. Normality is not consoling. <laughs> no. But then how do we have hope? I, I will return to Norberto Bobbio here at the end, and he said it's better that you, do, that you are a pessimist and you do something uh, than being an optimist and doing nothing. Well, at least to, you react in some way, yes. Mm. So what? Will you give us some advice at the end before we finish? Oh, read my books. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Umberto Eco. Please.